There we go. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Rudy, here to bring you guys a new video. No, not a video. This is a podcast uh, show of, of sorts, um, a variety podcast show. I don't know. I tell you what, you know, what I want to do is I want this to be, you know, mostly it's going to be mostly geared towards mountain biking um, and, and things related to that. But I, I'm definitely going to have some off off kilter topics, I guess you, you would say. Um, I got uh, a lot of friends out there that has given some pretty good suggestions. Um, I posted a, a deal on Facebook saying that I was going to start a podcast. This is it. This is me starting a podcast. So I asked for some some topics, and I'm going to get to some of those topics. I, I don't think I'm going to be able to get to them all, but I definitely want to touch on um, a bit of them. If I if I do get to them all, great. But you know, I'm not sure uh, how this format is going to go. Uh, I'm going to try my best to keep in mind that that this is going to be a podcast, so um, not to be trying to look on the computer and describe things, um, thinking that you guys can see what I'm doing. So there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve for me, and uh, you know I, I hope that this is going to be um, the first of many. So with that being said, uh, let's just get right into the first thing that I want to talk about. Um, if you guys are into mountain biking uh, and you watch a lot of YouTube videos, you probably come across this uh, YouTube channel called Pink Bike. They do uh, a lot of different things, and it, it's something that I think would be really, really cool to be a part of. And if you're lucky enough to be part of Pink Bike and help them do some of their reviews on their gear or their bikes, or if you're one of the, the young, lucky contestants to be on the Pink Bike Academy, um, that's what I'm going to be talking about here. So. Uh, the Pink Bike Academy. This 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 past episode is actually this probably this is the second to the last episode because what these guys are doing is they have uh, I think there was like what ten contestants or something like that, uh, men and women, and they're all competing for uh, a a chance to win uh, thirty thousand dollars and um, all these sponsorships um, through Pink Bike uh, that you win to help you uh, further your career um, as a uh, enduro racer, right? So um, something that I'm really, really interested in because um, I know <laughs> I'm too old to be, a, a, you know, a fully sponsored, you know, ride 100% of the time uh, athletic competitor in uh, enduro racing. But I, I have done um, two enduro races now and I really enjoy it. And it's actually sparked up, um, it's actually sparked up me to start uh, getting back into shape and, 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 going to the gym and not only just riding my bike but and then start watching what I'm eating because uh, I, I enjoy the I, I enjoy competing you know what I mean and um, excuse me sorry I didn't want to do that in the microphone and competing so um, uh, it's given me this 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 newfound uh, love and drive to to be in better shape so that I can compete and not be so worn out, you know, at the top of the stages. So for those of you that know me but don't know what enduro racing is, I'm going to kind of explain it a little bit because I think this will kind of help explain um, what I'm talking about as far as this Pink Bike uh, Academy show um, that's a, a competition, okay? So um, enduro racing is, is riding your bike downhill, but it's not as easy as that. You also have to climb to the top of the hill. But a lot of these races, uh, especially in in like bigger series races, um, they're they're on mountains. So uh, there's several different stages that you have to um, ride up, and then you ride down the stage just so that you can ride up 
to another stage and there's usually somewhere between I'm gonna say four and six stages there are a different couple of, there there are a few different formats but for the most part that's what it is you um, you start by riding your bike up the hill you are not timed for that climb to the top of the hill but then you are um, timed for the uh, for the uh, race run down the hill and then whenever you traverse to the next uh, stage, you're not timed for that. You're then again timed for the, the, the stage coming back down. And then you do these stages throughout the day, rather it be one, two, three, four, five, six. Um, they take your total time, and uh, that's, that, that's the time that you, you take. Um, and that's what they gauge you on, or that's what the... Um, you know, the, the lowest or the lowest, the fastest time is going to determine where you place um, on the podium or where you place at the event. OK, so these um, these competitors on this on this um, mountain, they're like uh, on this mountain. Uh, I wish I could remember the white tail, white, big white, big white. I think it is a big white mountain. Um, it's a it's a mountain bike park um, where they're at. So it does have a, a, a lift that, that will take you up to the top. And I'm sure they've ridden that lift plenty of times, but here we are at the end of the season, and now they're doing an enduro race to figure out who, who, um, who wins this competition. And I'm pretty, and they, I'm not not pretty. But they, I'm they, what they're doing is they have um, a guy, a men's category and a women's category, and they're down to the final four racers. Okay, so uh, um, today's uh, on today's release. Uh, I was able to watch it, spend some time, and uh, I took some notes because I, I really enjoy watching this the season because they have these competitors and they put them through uh, many different uh, obstacles or challenges, uh, I should say. They put them through different challenges and they compete, and then as they compete, these competitors start leaving one at a time depending on where you're at in the um, in the challenge, right? So now we're at the end here, and we got our final four, which is Flo, Bradley, Emmett, and uh, Laura. And uh, what they're doing is they're doing a full enduro. Um, they're doing a six-stage enduro th through through two days, and this is the first day. So they did they did three stages today on this uh, uh, episode of the Pink Bike Academy. Uh, so the stage one was Capital uh, Catapult Catapult Ranch. Uh, stage two was Rock Hammer to Knockout. Uh, stage three was Hubba Bubba to Dark Roast into berm sling and those are the runs the stages that they did today so remember they not only did they get to go you know they go down the the mountain but they had to make the climb up to each one of these and i don't know what the elevation is but i, I tell you it's big white it's a legit mountain so I, I can't imagine how much elevation these guys um uh, rode up today just to ride down um so on the first the first part of the show was them talking about the new 2022 or Bea Rayon or Raylon, or I don't know exactly how you say that, but uh, it was basically a commercial and all these guys, uh, all these competitors, these four competitors, they were riding last year's model. And now for this, this last part of this Enduro, they're getting to ride these brand new um, top build bikes. And man, they, they are, they are some sweet looking bikes and the colors on them are pretty dope. And if you don't know, man, if you go to Orbea's website and pick out a bike, um, they got a lot of. It's probably the most customizable um, bike that you can you can purchase or that you can get. 
Um, a lot of the manufacturers will just, you know, this is their two colors for their two builds or whatever. And that's kind of, that's kind of what you get stuck with, but there are a lot of different ones, um, with Orbea. So that's, that's pretty cool. If you guys get a chance, check out that, that website, um, not to mention their bikes are sick too. So, um, the first, I don't know, like probably 10, 15 minutes was basically an Orbea Raylon, Raylon commercial about their bikes and how everybody loves them and how they're this and how they're that. Anyways, check that out. That's pretty cool. So moving on here, um, to the first stage. Oh no, 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 no. Let's go back. Let's go back real quick. So after the commercial, um, they brought in an old competitor. Uh, the, the guy that won the first pink bike Academy, um, Evan, which looks stacked. The dude looks like he's really been putting in the work. Like he, he, if you look, <laughs> if you look at his arms, he's got veins popping out. Dude's got, got swole. Like it's obvious that, you know, from what he looked like last season to what he looks like right now, he's obviously um, been blessed to have the time and effort or to have the time to put in the effort to get into better shape and do the bike rides and start doing these races because now he's got, you know, he's got this money and now he's got this backing through all the sponsors. And uh, I, I just think that's really cool. And that's what these guys are competing for because they uh, obviously ultimately want to be um, a full-time paid professional mountain biker. And that's what this competition is for. Um, and then, so after they, they brought Evan in and visited with him, they asked these athletes, the app, these, um, contestants, these athletes, you know, to go ahead and ask Evan some questions. After that, they brought Tom on, which is also, uh, a previous competitor on the pink bike Academy from last season. And, uh, this guy came up with a way to have them do, uh, instead of doing like something like rock, paper, scissors to figure out who goes down the mountain first or and last, they, they did this moo off competition and man, it was ridiculous. But I tell you what, you know, whenever we go up to spider mountain and all my friends are like, Oh, I don't care what we run. I don't care what we run. You pick, you pick, you know, I'm gonna start challenging people to do an a moo off to make, make you figure out who the, so, so, so somebody can figure out what run you're doing or who goes first. Or, um, I, I thought it, I thought it was funny and it's something pretty simple and easy to do. So, uh, let let's go let's let's go off um or let's get off of that moving along here to uh what i think about who's going to win this competition i i think i think flo's going to win in the men's category or i'm sorry <laughs> flo i think flo's going to to win in the women's category she's been strong all season i think that was a that was an easy pick um i i i like um her attitude uh and it's obvious that she's been racing for a long time so i i think um, she all but deserves this. And, uh, I think she's going to take this, um, this last part of the competition pretty easily, uh, against Laura, which Laura, Laura is, um, I, I think she deserves to be where she's at in, as the second competitor, um, in the, in, in the women's category. Um, but I don't think she's going to be able to, um, beat Flo, um, plain and simple. And after this episode, it's going to be really, really tough for her to, to, um, to try to beat that obstacle course or, or to, um, raise up against the obstacles that she's, uh, put herself in. Um, Flo ended up winning the, the move off competition. And, uh, I think Laura goes second, uh, Bradley goes third and Emmett goes last, I think. Oh, no, no, no. So it goes the opposite way. So I think Emmett went first and then Bradley, Laura, and then Flo at the end. Cause I think Flo ended up winning the, the whole, move off is that right i might have to go back and look anyways so um 
going down the first the first stage uh catapult ranch um Emmett came out the gate looking fast just flying and he he got a flat tire and he and it was like really early on in the race excuse me oh, excuse me I'm so sorry he he got a flat early on in the race and he decided that he was going to hop off this bike and run down the trail to to get his best time and I tell you what me personally you know, with them being there and what they were doing and knowing that there was going to be other races, I, I honestly think I would have just – I would have kept going until my tire came off the rim. I have no idea if these guy, guys are running Cush Core. I, I doubt it because they haven't mentioned anything throughout the, this, the rest of the season, but I think I would have ran that tire um, down to, to the rim, you know what I mean, and then figured it out whenever I got back down. Had somebody put a tire on it and uh, you know go from there. They got full. They got full uh, mechanical staff there with that um, with that other guy the, from last season too. Um, but he ran down and then uh, you know clocked his time. That 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 really sucks because that 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 puts him behind the eight ball. But if you guys have been watching the episode, Emmett's a really really strong rider, and as far as speed goes, he's probably the he probably is the fastest guy there. So. Um, Next up, uh, running down was Bradley, and Bradley too just looked—he looked fast and loose, um, really flowing from what they showed us on the episode of the trail. Uh, he looked—he looked really good, really fast, and made it down without a puncture or uh, or a tire issue or any kind of mechanical problems. So uh, that that that's going to put Emmett um, in a real tough spot to come back from behind. Um. Flo went down. She looked really good. Uh, uh, Laura, Laura, whenever she went down this, this first stage uh, catapult ranch, she got catapulted twice over her handlebars. And uh, she went down hard both times. And the first time, as if the first time wasn't bad enough, like I felt bad for her because, uh, you know, I don't want to see anybody crash, especially the way that she did. But, man, she got back up on that bike as, as quickly as possible and started going down the mountain, and you could tell right away from what they showed us anyways that that she did look frazzled. She did look timid on the bike, and then I don't know how much further down the mountain, but of course in, in the show it didn't look, you know, 30 seconds later that the, the poor Laura, she ate shit again, uh, again over the handlebars um, and uh, scuffed herself up, scraped herself off pretty, or scraped herself up pretty good, and then she went back to um, she she finished it. She finished the race. She got back on and she finished the race, and then not to not to go too far ahead, but man, whenever she lined up to start hitting the second um, part of the not the second part of the stage, but the next stage, the the rock hammer to to knockout. She she looked pretty composed and and she gathered herself together and um, she went down that I think she made a really good run down that but uh, again not trying to get too far ahead of myself on this um, what was next uh, the second one um, let me let me read my notes here for just a second here Okay, so um, the second one, yeah. So Emmett Emmett ran down that one, and he looked super fast, like really fast. Like obviously he knew that now because his um, because he was running behind uh, because of his flat tire that he needed to step it up. 
and he needed to like haul ass down the hill and 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 from what they showed again what they show uh he looked fast like every corner that that, that they showed every jump like he was just scrubbing off the the top of everything like not not trying to get too high he's pedaling through all the sections and he just he just looked like a, a really fast guy right but i tell you what whenever they showed bradley bradley didn't look like he was letting up you know not only did he not have that um pressure behind him but he had a little bit of pressure relieved off of him knowing that now emmett had to make up time so he didn't he had a little bit less pressure i think on him knowing that uh emmett had the the mechanical issue so uh, he just probably stuck to his game plan. Didn't have to push it too hard. Stayed loose and fast, and and, that, and that's the way it looked on that second on that second uh, on that second run. Uh, now flow on the second one. I don't know if it's just the way that the camera was angled, or or what. But flow looked almost timid in a couple of the 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 technical steep sections um, that they showed uh, on on the on the video, um, but. Uh, she she thought she was fast. She felt fast um, from what she said uh, whenever they interviewed her at the end, at the end of that stage. Um, but Laura, whenever she dropped into that that last or not the last stage, the second stage, man, she killed it. She looked good. Whenever the when, you know a lot of times they show because they had the camera set up the way they have them set up, you're going to watch each competitor pass through the same section, right, um, of each one of the stages and. Laura looked more composed and loose and faster going through these sections than what uh, than what Flo did. Uh, so I, I was really surprised um, to see that she was still um, quite a bit behind on that stage as as opposed to what uh, Flo did. Now on the um, on the third, I, I think I think that the third stage, uh, which was Hubba Bubba, Dark Roast, and uh, Bermsling. I think that those guys, I think everybody was warmed up, and you know now Laura, even Laura, she's put that crash behind her. Um, I think, like I said, everybody's warmed up. Everybody's kind of got their their, I don't know what do you want to say, like their their bike underneath them, and they know what it's doing and where it's at, and you know they are kind of getting used to a new bike um, that does different things. And I think by now, I just feel like everybody looked more comfortable through the, the sections that um, they showed on camera. Uh, and, and you can tell at the end that everybody like had fun and everybody had a, everybody on the third stage had like a clean run and was, was, was smiles at the end, um, tired, but smiles and, and happy with their runs. And I, I feel like um, that, that was like the best run for everybody um, on that stage. And then uh, if anybody, if anybody looked slow on that third stage, it was probably flow from what I could see. Uh, I don't know if you guys agree with me or not, but I would be, I would, I would love to have somebody here to discuss, to discuss this with th that has at least watched it and has some kind of um, uh, ambition to be an enduro racer that does, uh, you know, enduro riding at least. Um, so here we are at the end of day one um it's obvious uh flow flow is way ahead of everybody or way ahead of of her competition of laura and um bradley as well you know he's got a commanding lead on on emmett because emmett had that tire that tire issue so um it really puts emmett in a a tough spot you know because now he can't he can't 
let up. Like he's got to he's got to push down like every stage because he's got so much time to catch up. But if you hear goalie at the end, whenever they're talking to the judges, like I agree with him, what he said, if anybody can do it, like, uh, Emmett's going to be the guy that does it. Like if, if, um, if, uh, Bradley doesn't have any more mechanical issues and he just continues to rip and ride down the mountain, um, you know, I still think he's got enough pressure behind him because he knows what kind of rider Emmett is and Emmett, if anybody can do it, Emmett's going to make it that time, and Emmett's still going to beat Bradley. So uh, that's going to be really cool um, to watch because um, that was all. That was pretty much the end of um, this episode. Was just doing the first three stages. So the next, the next episode is going to obviously be the last three stages um, of the enduro race, and then um, they're going to pick a winner. Now they say that they're going to pick the winner only. Uh, base or not only, but based on you know everything that they did throughout the competition, um, as opposed to not just what they did in this race. And I think if they did that, and and Emmett still comes anywhere close to what um, Bradley's time is at the end, then uh, Emmett's Emmett's still going to win, um, even if he doesn't win the the enduro race as uh, the way the competition goes. Uh, let me know what you think about that. Uh, as for Flo and Laura on the other side, on the women's side, um, unfortunately, I don't think Laura has a chance uh, unless uh, uh, Flo has a major mechanical issue. But there again, on that woman's side, it's the same thing. Throughout the season, Flo has just murdered everything, every every challenge that um, that has that has come up. And I don't think Laura... Excuse me, I don't think Laura has won any of them, but she's done just enough to stay in the competition, obviously, because she's part of the Final Four. So, um, again, you know, it's going to be uh, this, this, you know, and Pink Bike or these shows like this, these uh, com competition shows, uh, competitive shows, like, they do a real good job. There's a formula, you know what I mean, that keeps you interested and keeps you wanting to um, find somebody to root for. And, um, you know, in the, in the mountain bike world or in the biking world, um, for the most part, like everybody wants everybody to do well. And, and I know secretly by yourself, you don't want somebody that's so close to you to do as well. But really, at the end of the day, like you're happy that they made it down the mountain. You're happy they didn't eat shit. You're happy that you had uh, a close competitor. But um Secretly, you don't you don't really care. You just you just want to win, right? I mean, that's that's <laughs> maybe that that's just me not being in in the uh, the mountain bike world as long, but um, uh, you know, just being a competitor and always wanting to win at anything that I do. So, um, that that's that's I'm just gonna cut it off right there because I, I can go back and I can talk about a bunch of other stuff with this Pink Bike Academy, but I just want to stop there. Um, otherwise, I'll just I'll just ramble on. And you know what? I don't speaking of ramble on. Um, my wife, I, you know, I was talking about this podcast and I was asking her, I said, you know, I, I don't, I don't have a name. I don't have a name for it. What is, what's, what's the name going to be? And she was the one that said, well, you're always rambling about shit. Like you, you get stuck on a subject and then you'll ramble on about one thing. And then 
you'll go past it like like as if to forget about it and then you're talking about something else that will eventually bring it back to this the the point of subject <laughs> but you 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 take the long way around sometimes and and she called it rambling i was like oh man rambling rambling rudy podcast maybe maybe that's it and then i thought you know i was watching or watching i talk, i take that back i was i was in a situation where i couldn't have my sound on and i was watching um uh, YouTube video, and they were talking about going down a rooty section, right? Like a rooty section, like a bunch of roots. You know, it's really rooty there. And uh, and the way that they spelled it was like R O O T I E R R O O T Y or something like that. Anyways, I think that I might try to implement that into my uh, into my podcast uh, phrase. And and maybe maybe this podcast deserves to have its own channel. So then maybe this podcast will just be uh, Ramblin' Rudy or Rooty Rambles, right? R O O T Y instead of R U D Y. Rooty Rambles. I don't know, some something like that. You guys, let me know what you think about that too, because I gotta I gotta find some some kind of cool name, something I can get some cool stickers for uh, to hand out to people, the trailheads, and uh, you know get my name and my brand out there. I gotta get gotta get something cool out there. So let me know what you think about that. All right, so uh, I'm going to move on here uh, to something that I wanted to, to, to talk about because uh, I, I, I did a video, the last product video that I did had gotten three new products, and it was the, um, the Crank Brothers Speed, no, Crank Brothers Stamp um, Shoes with the Speed Lace, the Speed Lace Stamps. Brother shoes, crank brother shoes, something like that. Anyways, I absolutely love the shoe, and I got one here, and I, I'm I'm holding it in the air because they're a really good shoe. I've really enjoyed um, having this shoe, and the only reason that I'm not going to get another pair is because I really want I really like trying new products and other things. So I think my my next shoe is going to be. Um, the RC, uh, the ride concept shoe to give those a shot, but these, these are far from being worn out, but I, I've worn the shit out of, I've worn the heck out of these shoes and, um, put them through some pretty rigorous, um, riding and I probably should have sprayed them off or cleaned them off at some point, but they just keep going. Anyways, this is a size nine and a half. And the, the thing that I like the most about this shoe, I'm going to talk about some of the, 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 the things that I like and try to find something that I don't like. But the biggest thing that I like is that this lace that they have, okay, it's like a drawstring and underneath the tongue is a little pouch that once you you get the shoe snugged where you like it on your foot, you pull the draw, drawstring um, tension down tighten it loop it around and then you stick it underneath this little pouch that's on the tongue of the shoe and then on top of that they have this strap that straps over the top which basically locks your heel in place and you're never going to have to worry about where those laces are at because not only are they tucked away in this pouch but now you have this uh, velcro strap that lays over the top that snugs your heel down and keeps those um, laces in that pouch I really that's probably my favorite um, thing that I like about these particular shoes. Um, the other thing uh, that I really, really like about them is how light they are. 
the material that they use to make them and all the little mesh um, side uh, the little mesh side holes that they have in there that really makes it airy because here in South Texas like it never really gets that cold right um, so having to double up on socks or put a set of wool socks on is all you're going to need on the 2% of days that it's going to be cold the rest of the 98% <laughs> of the days is going to be hot and you want something that that has a lot of air and that that wind can come through and a nice light material um, to help cool your feet off and I really like these shoes because of that that's one that's another one of my favorite things um, Another feature that this has that has has kind of worn out. Uh, I don't I don't want to say prematurely or not, but it's got this little toe protection on it in the front, which has helped. I've 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 definitely got my my foot uh, ran into between a rock and my my pedal, and in between a root or a stump in my pedal, and yes, it hurt. But I cannot imagine how much worse it would have been or you know if there would have been blood or, or some serious damage had there not been that toe protection but it's pretty flat and flexible now from what it was um, but that was a nice a nice contributor if I were to redesign the shoe I'd try to find a way to make that toe protection on the front maybe a little stiffer or maybe bring that that rubber that's um, uh, that's stitched in there maybe bring it up a little bit higher I don't know um, the the bottom of the shoe the the rubber that they use this I think they call it like match rubber or something like that so the midsole where in the middle of the sole where your foot goes uh, the rubber compound that they use I, I like it's stiff but you can still feel the trail through your pedals on the shoe and I like that I don't want to feel like I'm clipped in and not feel any of the trail and I don't know if that's a bad thing or not maybe 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 it's a good thing if you are wearing flats and if you're wearing clips where you're clipped in maybe it doesn't matter so much but I kinda like the way the the feel of the terrain through the pedals and it's not that it has a bunch of rebound like my feet don't bounce off of these they stayed glued the whatever rubber compound that they have here it, I, my feet stays nice and glued to the pedals now just real quick I do have a set of stamp brothers stamp brothers crank brothers pedals that I use with these the, the I think I have the stamp sevens or something like that that they're a Danny McAllister like named brand one they're really nice they're really nice now those pedals do fit in the grooves of this shoe better than my one-up branded pedals do but my one-up branded pedals work just fine with them I'm not going to say that one works better than the other it's just they definitely fit better on the crank brothers like whenever you put the when you settle your foot in on the crank brothers one that's a lot easier to find like like where they settle in and with the um, I, I take okay so there is a spot where your foot settles in on the crank brothers pedals as where on the one up pedals they just sit on top like like you do with any other with any other shoe they just they sit on top they don't bounce it's 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 a good it's just like it marries better to the pedal it's easier to find 
and, and where the pedal meshes to the shoe better, okay? Now, this little top portion here, um, they did a little different than the midsole, and they did the same thing on the bottom here of the heel. And uh, when walking around in them and trying to tra try to walk up the trail, those little lugs up front, they help out a ton believe it or not they actually do like they do what they're supposed to do because i know whenever i ride my my 510s with the stealth bottoms and they just have all those little circular things all over the place like they're not they're not the greatest shoe for like hike a bike and trying to climb back up the mountain or or what have you and uh i feel that that material whenever it comes to um the rubber compound that they use is stiffer and harder and is probably going to last longer than this, but it deadens the trail and it um, makes it tough for climbing because because of how stiff that um, rubber sole is that they're using um, doesn't really grip the ground very well. And these, these are way better for that. Um, another notable thing about these shoes is in the back here, they haven't rubbed off yet, but in the heel, they have these little, um, just these little, what do you call them, silicone dots, but they work. They work really well. Like they, they hug your heel into your shoe, and I don't feel my foot sliding around at all. Now, I guess the only one thing that I would say about this shoe is the rubber compound. Um, I don't feel like the, the, excuse me, I don't feel the pegs of the the little metal pegs that come up off the pedals like pushing through the shoe or anything like that but I have noticed that whenever I do get off to hike a bike that I can feel every rock underneath me like the the shoes really flexy so if, if you like that um, that if you like that kind of a shoe that's good but I think I think that the shoe is the the sole is going to prematurely prematurely Wear out, I don't know if I can really say that or not because <clears throat> I do a lot of riding. You know, I ride my bike, if not, you know, three days three days a week, if not four days a week. You know, I'm usually um, both both days on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday I'm riding. And also I am riding once or twice doing a night ride um, here in South Texas because uh, I just like to ride my bike that much. I have a really nice set of lights, which I would love to do a, a video on about that. Um, and I would love to talk to you guys about those lights because they work really good. And if you're going to ride your bike at night, get some damn decent lights. Because I tell you, if you if you like to go at any kind of speed, like, yeah, any light's going to work. It's going to light up the, the trail. But if you like to go at any kind of speed and try to try to ride your bike the same speed you do during the day at night you better get yourself some good lights and you better have a, a handlebar light and a head head mounted light and uh that'll that'll make your experience for for riding um in that kind of conditions a lot a lot lot better excuse me i picked i probably picked the wrong drink uh to uh to have while i'm doing a podcast because uh, I'm having a Red Bull sugar-free. It's the only ones that I drink. It's the only kind of soda thing that I drink. I, I might have a Diet Dr. Pepper every now and then or a sip of my wife's, but I don't really care to drink soda much. Um, but this carbonated drink and trying to spit out these words at the same time uh, had me want to do uh, the whole belch activity. So I'm going to move on to the next product because 
whenever I did that, the last product review video that I did or product release video, I don't know what you call it. Um, it was, it was these, these shoes, the goggles and the helmet, right? So I'm going to grab, hang on a second here. All right, so this this is my least my least favorite thing that unfortunately that I've ever purchased as far as mountain bike equipment goes. So I got the um, I got the trigger helmet. Uh, looks super sick. It's one of the lighter helmets on the market, if not the lightest helmet on the market. Um, it's the ISX or IXS uh, trigger helmet, and it's 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 very comfortable. I'm going to talk about that, but but let's let's get to to my least favorite gear piece of gear that I've ever purchased and that is these I I oh it says it on here these are the I XS X as in X marks the spot I XS trigger goggles now initially I really really I like everything they've done first off let, let me tell you let me tell you the good things before I just get into the bad thing it's just that that one bad thing almost makes these goggles useless to me okay so listen, listen to me. The the goggle strap is cool, right? It's got this the silicone um, inlay that says "Get out and play," right? Um, you guys probably can't see that. Plus, it's really dark in here, anyways. But um, it's really nice. It's a it's a silicone inlay, so it's going to help stick to your helmet. Um, the materials that they use on this mask feel really good, although the the construction of the frame. Um, the rubber compound that they used for that is very flexible, and I think that's part of the reason why. Uh, oh man, I did that right. There. Sorry. Um, that's probably part of the reason why um, these don't work for me that well. Okay. The lens is five millimeters thick, which is good. So if you catch a branch or a rock or something into the lens, um, chances are it's just going to bounce off. It's not going to poke a hole through, and you're going to lose an eye. Okay. The other thing that I like is that on the bridge um, of the top of the goggles and down towards the nose part, it's got these really nice big holes all the way around the goggles, but it's protected by another um, very light foam so that it's going to help dissipate the heat out of the goggles so that they don't fog up. And the foam's going to help keep the dust and debris and shit from coming in, so that you don't have to, you know, continue. Uh, you don't have to to continuously try and put a um, a cloth in there and try to clean off these goggles. I like that it has an outrigger. Um, if if you're wearing uh, goggles without an outrigger, you probably don't have a full face on. And if you do, uh, try one with an outrigger because um, the outrigger is going to help spread out. Uh, the goggles a little bit more so whenever you put the helmets on um, it's going to have that much more room and not going to be like sucking up against your face or pulling away from your face depending on how you're built um, so all things that I like it's got three stage foam actually it's got four stage foam so it's got three layers of foam and then it's got this this other foam that where you're that 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 rests on your face um, that is going to help soak up some sweat before all the, the foam gets really sweaty and nasty, right? So now now to the, the part that I, I don't like and why these goggles are basically useless to me. Whenever I have these goggles on my face, they feel fine. And I've tried to loosen them up whenever I have them on my helmet because when I have them on my helmet and I have them snug down, 
there is so much pressure on like my sinus cavity, you know, on either side of my nose and on my nose. I cannot breathe through my nose. And all I can do is mouth breathe um, to try to get this to try to get this goggle to, to work. Now, as far as the goggle goes, it works excellently. But as far as the fit goes, it's absolutely terrible for me. Just a quick little story. Um, this I had I had tried them two or three times. I, I, I ride my bike at Spider Mountain quite a bit, and that's really the only place that I need a set of goggles. Um, I happened to notice, or a guy happened to notice, hey, you got a trigger helmet. I'm like, yeah, you have a trigger helmet, and you have the matching goggles. He's like, yeah, I hate these goggles, though. I can't breathe in them. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, right here on my sinuses and in my face. So it's not just my face. It's not just the way that I'm built. The first time I run into a guy that has a pair of the same goggles and the same helmet says the same shit that I said, thinking that, are saying that these goggles suck because the, you can't breathe in them. Now, unfortunately, this guy, this is the first pair, the first helmet and the first set of goggles that he bought. You know, he figured that that like I did, like the the engineers would have engineered these goggles to fit within the helmet really well uh, and and work uh, together. Um, they didn't, and I don't know if that's just like I said. Maybe it's the construction of the the rubber that they used. I don't know, but I went back to my Armagas, Armagans, uh, my One Up brand goggles, and I, I don't have that problem with. So that that's what I wear. I really wish that these goggles would have worked because I I like the style of them. I like the way that they look, but they don't do it for me. So what what I decided to try to do um, to to help to help with that is I I I, I went in and I took out um, a layer of foam to try to get you know, try to get right in that area, right on the nose bridge part. I try to take out a bunch of the foam there so that whenever I um, put them on, there's just not that, that pressure pushing down from that extra foam that's there. And uh, it still didn't work. It still didn't work. It sucks. And it's not because the goggle is like too far up on the helmet and it's pushing down on the goggles that it's pushing down on my sinuses because there's, there's plenty, you know, there's a good five millimeters of room between the top of the goggles and the bottom of the helmet that where it fits into the the face mask area it's not that because that's what i thought it was that too so i was trying to wear them a little bit lower but it's not that it's not that at all um i don't know what it is it's just these goggles do not fit to my face let me know if you guys if you guys have a set of these triggers and they work fine. Um, I'm not trying to badmouth them because I think they made a good product. I just think it's either the way that I'm built or the way that these um, this rubber is. I don't know. You guys let me know. Um, other than that, I <laughs> really like the goggles. I just can't use them. All right. With that being said, let's move on. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this this trigger helmet. Now this this trigger helmet is badass. Um, I got a still of a deal on it because. Um, what had happened is I found it I found it on eBay. I do a lot do a lot of surfing through eBay because a lot of those um, a lot of the bike companies will go ahead and put their open box products up and then you know they'll send them at a dis they'll sell them at a discount. And uh, I was thinking that this was that same deal. Anyways, I this this um, goggle or sorry goggle this helmet of mine is actually the the trigger um, I uh, let me get it right IXS is the trigger IXS um, helmet. And it is black with the um, with the camo, the black and gray camo. I thought I was getting the white one with the gray and silver camo, um, and I still would have preferred that one. But I got this one at the same 
I got I got this one. So I think this thing books for like two ninety nine, and I ended up picking this thing up for two hundred bucks. So basically a hundred dollars off. The helmet's brand new, never been used before, and no, no, it was cheaper than that. It was cheaper than that. It was a hundred and twenty nine is what it was, because it was an open bid. That's what I bid for it, and there was somebody else that bid a hundred and sixty nine, and uh, initially won uh, won the uh, won the auction. But then the very next day, the the company that was selling it to me reached out and said, "Hey, so the guy said that he couldn't pay for it or something like that." So that fell through. So they're like, "Hey, we'll take your 129." So that was awesome, super sick deal, right? And uh, sent me the goggles, free shipping. So I got these our helmet. So I got this helmet for still of a deal, right? So I just want to talk about some of the things that I. First of all, I, I can't think of anything that I don't like about the helmet, other than I'm going to tell this tell you this first, right here on the chin bar. Um, on the top side, the 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 first layer of protection that that not not on the foam, but the the plastic like sheathing or cover that goes over it that sticks to it um, is like peeling up. Uh, you can't really see it from the outside, but I can feel it every time I grab the chin bar, which is whatever, not not a big deal. As far as being light. And, and having like the really good air that comes through this helmet like it's I also have a Troy Lee stage helmet I've been through a couple of, of full face helmets and I still have my Troy Lee stage helmet there's nothing wrong with my Troy Lee stage helmet it fits fine this ISXS fits better I ain't gonna lie about that because whenever I slide it on and I put it on the top the, 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 the cranium part I think is what fits fits the best better then my Troy Lee helmet is like it feels like my head slides into the the helmet more not to mention um, on the back of this it's got like that fidlock kind of design where um, dial you right like the fid are not fidlock um, boa style dial so you dial it in and it snugs up against your helmet and not only does it tighten up that way but you can also adjust how high or how low that dial is on on your head. So um, where my head comes down, um, it comes down quite a bit higher than I think most people. And it's got three different levels that you can um, put that dial. And mine is all the way up, and that's where it fits snug and best against my helmet. doesn't move at all um, and, and feels very, very comfortable. Um, the other thing that I like about that is, like, going up and down the mountain, whether you're pedaling or just having the helmet on while you're running the ski lift, um, you can dial that dial back off and, you know, just kind of loosens it up and, and makes things a little bit more airy, you know, gets a little bit more airflow through there when you're riding up. Cheek pads fit really well. They have a couple of, they, they send you with two different um, sizes of cheek pads, and that works um, That works really well. That works fine. Um, I use the smaller ones because I have a, a chubby a chubby cheeked face. Uh, I love that it's got a fid lock on it. I love that it's got this other little um, uh, piece of material. It's just a little Velcro strap, kind of soft, uh, pillowy material that wraps around the the chin strap um, to to help uh, keep the excess uh, strap out of the way. I uh, really like that it's got a two position visors because there's a ton of room to put your goggles up there. And if you're not running your goggles up there, um, you can tilt that thing all the way up, and you can slide your GoPro underneath it. I got a GoPro mount, and that that the the footage that I get from there I think looks sick. 
like it's not like sticking up on top of your mount on top of your head which is this real i do have one on top i do have one on top i've never actually ran my gopro on top of my helmet because i think you look stupid you know that unicorn you know you got the unless unless you're a free rider or you're riding um red bull rampage or uh <laughs> red bull hardline and you're a professional mountain biker i don't i don't think um it's worth having that so exposed like i feel like having it underneath my visor um it's going to my visor is going to rip off the gopro is going to be fine um but i think if you have it mounted on top like you're just asking for your gopro to just to get smashed even on my chin bar i feel like having the chin bar is definitely an added level of security but i feel like i'm athletic enough and i'm aware enough that if i if if I'm going down and I'm about to eat shit, like I'm going to turn my head and my chin bar is not going to like come back into my grill, <laughs> you know? Um, so if I were to have my GoPro running on my chin bar, which I have had it running on my chin bar, I don't think that um, you're in that much risk of having it um, damaged like you are having it on top of your dome. Anyways. Uh, so yeah, the visor thing, really, really cool. Um, having that uh, enough room to either stick your, uh, uh, goggles underneath or going to put your GoPro underneath. Very cool. Um, fits really good. Uh, it's got a lot of air vents and on the back, it's got another added little piece of rubber back here that are going to hug your goggles in place, your goggle strap in place. So it's not going to be moving, um, all around and about. And, uh, if I had to do it all over again, um, and, uh, I was sticking with a brand, uh, I would love to purchase another ISX helmet, but because I like to do what I like to do, I will be picking up a different helmet when the time comes so that I can review it so I can see how it is. I would love nothing more than to have sponsors. I was a sponsored athlete through paintball for a long time, and I love running. I love working with companies like that because they're going to come in and they're going to ask your opinion because you you wear their product you do their products or i'm sorry you wear their products you use their products a lot and uh, they're going to make tweaks and revisions based on what you say or what the masses say so i would love to work with um with a mountain bike company on on something like that I, as a matter of fact i would love to help a mountain bike company make um protection gear elbow pads and um elbow pads knee pads uh helmets um uh chest protectors uh hip protectors like things like that like i would love to work with the company because i got some really good ideas about that that i'm going to keep to myself that i've learned through the paintball industry that i think um uh the mountain bike industry is losing out on uh hit me up if you guys are interested in uh helping me make um some new pads now, uh, with that being said, those are the three products that I really wanted to visit about because um, I need to do a review video or, a, sorry, a long-term review video and let you guys know what I really think about this. But what I ended up doing, um, you know, with this first this first iteration of my podcast is I made, <laughs> I made a list of things that so, – so I asked. I asked on, on, on uh, Facebook and on my Instagram – for some ideas and topics and things like that. And, and, you know, a lot of people obviously know me cause they're, they're my friends, 
but uh, some of them have some some crazy ideas because some of them are just friends that I've had from paintball for for many many years, and and others are just friends that don't know exactly what I do, but they hear I'm doing a podcast and they're, and they're just going to shoot their shot right. So, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go down the line to see how many of these that I can get through before I run out of time because I, I can't remember. Let's let's let me check and see <laughs> how long I've been rambling on how long Ruti has been rambling already. So we're at 51 minutes and 43 seconds. I was thinking this was going to be around about an hour and uh, we're coming up on it pretty quick. So I'm going to run through some of these and see how close I get. If I feel like, if I feel like it, I'm just going to keep going because uh, I'm having fun. I don't know if you guys are having a lot of fun listening to me. I hope you are. I hope this gives somebody else some inspiration on, uh, you know, doing their own podcast or mountain biking or so, something like that. I hope some some of y'all are out there getting some entertainment value out of this. I hope you guys are kind of getting to know me a little bit. And uh, yeah, let's let's move on here. Um, so. First things first, uh, my, my buddy Adam was the first one to post, um, post up something. And he says, he said bikes, beer, and guns. So, um, of course I, I would, I would love nothing more than talk about bikes and bikes in general. Like, you don't, I don't, I don't have to be specific on the bike. Right. Um, I don't know shit about road bikes and I don't know shit about gravel bikes. I mean, maybe a little bit. But um, mountain bikes and uh, dirt jumpers and uh, different types of mountain bikes, you know, enduro, uh, trail, uh, XC, down country, if, if that's still a thing. <laughs> and uh, I, I love nothing more than talk about bikes. And um, got to be more specific or, or else I can, I can just go on a tangent about that. Beer. Oh, man. Who doesn't who doesn't love beer? Um, I love beer, but I can't I can't drink it as much. I can't drink it as excess as like I used to. So I found a couple of these IPAs that I can drink like three or four of. And, and if you know me and you talked about beer with me before, I've told you because I like drinking these high volume beers because at, at, at four, I can tell, Hey, either, either it's time to go home. I've had a good time. It's been great visiting with you guys or else I'm going to hit five, six, seven, eight, nine, and 10. And we are I'm fucking partying. Okay. Uh, because that's, that's, that's just the kind of guy I am. And it's taken a long time for me to realize, realize that because, you know, drinking the old Bush light, Bud light, uh, Coors light, <laughs> all the light beers, man, I can drink a 12 pack and, and before you know it, I'm, I'm 24 beers deep and now we're, now we're partying and, uh, it's taken all night to get to that point. But now, now having these higher volume beers, I can kind of, I can kind of feel where like the cutoff is and that's a good thing. But even that, man, I can have six of those beers, seven, eight of those beers, and the next day, like, just not, I just don't recover like I used to. I just don't. And I'm pretty good about drinking my water, and I still don't feel great. So, um, yeah, I really enjoy the beer, um, but um, having one or two is definitely more so of what I do nowadays than what I used to do. Uh, guns. Um you know, I own a, I own a couple of guns. Um, I'm not a big, I'm not a big gun fanatic. And I think that everybody should, I think everybody should, um, be able to own a gun. Uh, and that's, that's, uh, that's about it with me and guns. You know, I, they're, they're useful. Um, if you're a hunter, you know, you need to have them. Uh, they're fun to shoot, like to target shoot, like especially different guns. Like I can, I can see 
if guns would have been a thing for me, I would be the exact same way as I am with bikes, right? Like I want to have a bike for every category and I want to have all the things for those bikes and, and all the categories. Right. And with guns, I could definitely see me having a couple of rifles, a couple of, um, semi-automatic rifles, <laughs> a couple of, um, uh, of, uh, long range rifles, uh, a bunch of different kinds of pistols. Uh, and then, you know, if I got into any kind of com competing in gun shooting competitions or anything like that, good Lord, who knows how, how many guns I would be, but I've, uh, lucky or not, I haven't gotten into that, but if you are like hats off to you and I'm glad to have you as a friend because I, I definitely have some friends that, uh, that have a lot of guns and I've had the opportunity to shoot a lot of different guns. So I like them. I love them. I just don't have enough, uh, knowledge to really talk about that much. So thanks Adam. Uh, dad jokes, Stacy Joe. So, you know, here's the thing about dad jokes, right? Like, I feel like, like, yeah, you can, you can obviously write, write out a dad joke, but I think the best dad jokes come from within, right? Within the conversation, like somebody's talking something about something or saying something about something. And then you spit out, uh, like a one liner. And I think that those are the best dad jokes because sometimes they, they hit good. They hit like, like perfect, like everybody gets it. And then sometimes it's such a dad joke that, that people's like thinking about it. Like that wasn't a good dad joke because like everybody's scratching their head cause they don't, they don't get it. Or, or you get in the situation where you're within a lot of, you're, you're within a conversation with a lot of people and you spit out a dad joke about it. And, uh, everybody just keeps talking like you didn't say anything because it was really, really bad joke. <laughs> so dad jokes are here to miss. And, uh, yeah, I think my wife commented something on there. Like I only get one. So, um, I don't, I don't have one. If, if I have one, uh, th throughout, um, interviewing somebody, I'm, I'm sure, uh, I will spit out a dad joke or two, but I'm only allowed one. Uh, Doug wrote what, what I want for Christmas. Um, you know, I'm an adult, and throughout the year, I pretty much get whatever, whatever I want, um, you know, within reason, of course. Um, what would I want for Christmas that I could, that's tangible, that I could get here soon and that uh, I want? Uh, I would like a new dirt jumper and uh, I would like at least a new dirt jumper frame because I think I have everything I need except the dirt jumper that I have currently is a size large. And I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal until I rode somebody size medium and, and I should have definitely got the medium. So I know that there's a medium, uh, uh, frame, uh, evil reactor two at trailhead mountain bike. So if anybody would like to get me something for Christmas, I would love nothing more than to have a new dirt jumper frame. That is the evil reactor two. uh, if, if you guys are out there listening and want to buy me something cool for Christmas, that would be, that would be awesome. Tacos. We're going to talk about tacos for just a minute. My friend Amos, uh, a very good and long friend of mine, um, just wrote tacos. And, and you would figure that being here in San Antonio for a little over a year now that I would be like a connoisseur of tacos, you know, and you'd be right. I absolutely love tacos. The one, the one, I think that's what's, what's helped put on all this extra weight. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that I could blame for having this extra weight on. I've been here for about a year and I've put on, I've put on 30 pounds in a year. 
I was sitting right at 200 or just under 200 whenever I first got here. I am 231 pounds or something like that. It's the heaviest I've been since like 2014 or 15 or something like that. So, um, which I do have plans to get back on the, uh, on the right, on the, I do have plans to start getting back into shape, um, getting my diet right, getting my exercise right, because if you don't know, the, the hard truth is you lose inches in the gym and you lose weight in the kitchen. And you put those both together and uh, it just starts coming off, man. And you start looking better and you start feeling better. And uh, I'm so looking forward to that. And as a matter of fact, I think I'm going to start... Um, with him to start that tomorrow because I've just let myself go on that. But tacos, let's let's talk tacos, man. There's this place down the street called Sally's, and um, whenever we first moved to San Antonio, um, uh, yeah, I have three cousins that live in this area, and my one cousin's husband is also a connoisseur of the tacos and Mexican food in general. And he said, you know, there's there's all these little Mexican restaurants and these taco trucks all all up and down the street. They're like, they're, don't don't waste your time. Just there's there's one place, and it's called Selly's. And he's like, just just go there. And he's right. He's absolutely right. Um, we have given uh, a couple of the other places a try, and uh, they're okay. But Selly's is definitely the best the best. And whenever it comes to tacos in general, they make this taco with this uh, this the meat that they put in the taco is called carne guisada. Carne guisada is basically um, like roast roast beef really soft ro is it roast beef or is it carne guisada no it's pork no it's beef it's beef but it's like stew beef and it is really really good in a taco they also make this taco um this breakfast taco called um uh chilicles i, I don't know I say it one way, and then whenever I order it, they say it a different way. And then I go to a different restaurant and order a chilicles, and they say it a different way. So um, basically, it's egg, <laughs> it's egg, and nacho chips, cheese, and you know they put like vegetables like the um, like peppers in it, like bell pepper, green pepper, jalapeno pepper, and then they roll it up in a taco, and uh, that's that's a really good taco. Um, moving on here, because uh, Amos, uh, if you really want to talk tacos or you want to come down down here and see me in San Antonio, I'll take you to some 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 really good taco places. Um, <laughs> this next one, uh, my buddy Carter and any any of my other friends that know my friend Carter knows that this is so much a Carter thing to say. The hard problem of consciousness. Man, that that that's a rabbit hole, bro. And I feel like in order to really touch on to that topic, like I need to have you here or some other intellectual mind to to break open that can of worms because dude, you can talk about that forever. And uh golly, that that is just such a Carter thing to say. Thanks, thanks Carter for being for being Carter. I miss you, bro. Uh I'm just going to move on here. Um to the next one, it's uh, pre-ride, post-ride meals uh, from my friend Crankit MTB, and uh, you know that's probably one thing that I don't actually know a lot about. Like I can, I can, I can probably come up with a really good um, pre-ride meal and post-ride meal because if you're if you're an athlete, 
um, in, in, in any sense of the form, uh, a competitive athlete in any sense of the form, then you kind of know uh, what what to eat before what kind of exercise you're going to be doing. And a lot of times, um, whenever it comes to like doing high cardio, high, high, high cardio volume, um, you want a lot of carbs. You want a lot of, you want a lot of good carbs, um, because you're going to burn those up really fast. Um, and your post ride meal, I feel like should be full of, um, proteins, like lots of proteins and fats, um, to help, uh, replenish your body from, from burning, um, all those calories and then help try to rebuild some muscle, um, on the back end. Uh, that, that would be my, that would be my quick advice, um, to, uh, pre-ride post-ride meal. Um, if you'd like, bro, we can get together sometime and try to come up with a little, with a little meal plan for, for pre-ride post-ride. Um, that'd be pretty cool. That'd be, that'd be, uh, that'd be tough to stick to, man uh as as an athlete but you know it's something that i really should try to figure out because um you know whenever i go out for a ride it's it's a two and a half three hour ride and um uh, i should say it, it's a it's a hour and a half to a two hour ride and um i mean you've been with me paul you know what you know we push we push pretty hard you know whenever we're riding it, it's not usually a lot of uh sitting around bullshitting like um you know, like you are with a, with a group of 25, you know, if it's, if it's a uh, three to five people and you're ripping and roaring uh, pretty much the whole time. And, uh, you know, you don't, you don't take a whole lot of breaks. Um, so my, my friend, Mike, he posted this. He's one of my paintball buddies from way, way back, man. I haven't even seen Mike in probably 10, 15 years, man. It's been a long time. Uh, he said, have, have him on as a guest, bro. Dude, if we can figure it out, man, you want to you want to catch up on a podcast? Shit, why not, man? I, I see some of the, I see the stuff you're doing, man. You want to bring that drone over here and uh, try to follow me on a bike and, and take some cool pictures or some cool videos, man. I'm down. Let's let's do it. Let's let's sit down and talk. Uh, my friend Ian, uh, bike builds. Oh man, I love I love watching bike builds. Um, you know, uh, Cardi uh, or um, what's his name? Not Cardi, not Tom Cardi. Uh. Uh, the other YouTuber that I watch, Matt, Matt Jones, he just did a bike build on his new, on his new dirt jumper, dude. And yeah, I love watching stuff like that. First of all, I like watching his videos. Anyways, if you guys don't know who Matt Jones is, check him out on YouTube. Um, he, he does some amazing stuff. He's a great writer. Um, he's a Marin, um, uh, Marin. Yeah. Marin sponsored athlete. He rides Marin bikes and, uh, yeah, dude, dude rips, um, but yeah, I'd love I love watching bike builds. I'd I'd love to maybe break a bike bike build down that I would I would like something I would have done rather than than this and than that cuz everybody's kind of excuse me. Oh, man. That uh, Red Bull. Uh everybody's kind of got their own uh their own when preferences, personal preferences whenever it comes to um bike parts. And, uh, I think that's why I like doing what I do, man. Uh, as far as like trying out all new products, because it, if, if I, if I were to stick with one, um, set of brakes, for example, it would probably be the code RSCs. Like I put those on any bike and be more than comfortable with on any time. And I think people feel that way about, you know, the Shimano, uh, XTRs, like they, they, and it's it's just a personal preference thing, but it, it's the high end, and it's you know that you you can't get anything better, 
And um, but I tell you what, I put a set of Magura brakes on my uh, on my my Norco, and uh, I put a two twenty three up front and a two hundred three in the rear, and uh, that's all the stopping power you need, man. And uh, the modulations there, but the bites there whenever you really pull hard on them. I mean, I, I really feel like the Magura brakes, the MT fives that I have, are a really good like mix between the two of uh, Shimano and uh, SRAM. It's got, I feel like it's got the modulation of the SRAM, but it's, it's got the bite of the, um, it's got the bite of the Shimano's, but the bite is on the back end rather than the front end of like Shimano. So you just kind of got to grab them quick and kind of deep to get that bite. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So bike builds would be cool. Um, <laughs> my brother, my brother Dennis posted midget wrestling and, I don't know if you guys have ever been to a midget wrestling uh, venue, but it's fun. It's a good time, and I've been to them, and, yeah, it's it's fun. Uh, and if you ever get the opportunity to be one of the guys to toss them down the bowling alley, uh, the slippery bowling alley, um, hop on it because <laughs> it's fun. Uh, I don't know much about midget wrestling, but I've been to a midget wrestling event. And if you haven't gone, you have to go at least once in your life. Go check it out. Um, oh man. So the last one that, that I seen today was from my buddy, Aaron, um, another long time, uh, uh, paintball buddy, um, did some events together, uh, met a really cool guy. He said, uh, personal growth, killing it at my age, or he said, killing the game at my age and, uh, my experiences. And, uh, yeah, for those of you guys who don't know, I played paintball at a pretty high level, uh, for a long time. And, uh, you know, I'm 44 years old now, so I've, I've definitely had some, uh, some experiences in my life and I, I could go, I could go on about those. And, uh, so Aaron, you're going to have to be a little bit more uh, uh, detailed about wh what experiences you want to, you want to visit about, or you want me to talk about, um, personal growth, you know, that, that's, that's, that's the never ending, that's the never ending question or the never ending phrase. You know, if you, if you want to grow as a person or, you know, grow your business or grow your YouTube channel or, you know, do something different and try to grow from there. Um, you know, I can tell you this, that you're never going to get anywhere until you start doing it, you know, um, and that's what this that's what this podcast is really kind of about for me personally, because, you know, as much as I like doing the um, the YouTube thing, it just really hasn't taken off. And, you know, it might have a little bit to do with uh, my video editing skills. I definitely feel like I have the the creativity but I don't have the skill to do some of the things that I would really like to do whenever it comes to video editing. Um, I wish I was in the position where I could pay somebody to sit next to, to visit with and help um, create some cooler content or some cooler viewing expeditions with my, with my abilities um, or be able to bring my, my, the, the things that I think of the creative things that I think of to help me bring them to life. Like, um, that would be, that would be really cool, really, really cool to do. Um, but yeah, you know, personal growth is that that's just what it is, man. It's like trying to, um, start something and progress it, um, 
and just to continue to progress it as far as you can. And this is just the this is just the start right here, right here. This is the first this is the first uh, the first edition, the first uh, stage of of you know trying to get a popular podcast or try to get your name or your brand out there. And um, you know that's 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 exactly what I'm doing. Aaron is uh, trying to grow as a person and and uh, killing it at my age. Um, I appreciate. It. I feel like that like that's a compliment. And, uh, and I know it is, um, because, uh, I was, I, I, I was the oldest person on the paintball field with probably one of the youngest teams. And man, we were just, we were just murdering it, um, for a long time, for a long, long time. Um, but you know, uh, at my age also, I couldn't do some of the things that I used to do on the field. Um, uh, but I also got the experience, uh, because of being in that position to, um, you know, stay cool, calm and collective and try to, uh, direct the guys in a manner that seemed fit to win games. And, uh, we definitely did a lot of winning on those, uh, you know, what was it 16, 17, 18, um, those three years that I was with, uh, with that, with that team, man, we, uh, murdered a lot of people. That was, uh, won a lot of games. That was, uh, that was a good time. Probably one of the, the best times of my life was those three years uh, with that team. <clears throat> Moving on here. Um, oh shit, that's it. That's it. I mean, again, I could spend I could spend a lot more time on each each one of these. Uh, I could spend a lot of time on each one of these uh, topics, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, I guess end it for for today. If you guys stuck along, stuck around for this long, I really do appreciate it. I don't know if I'm going to have a separate channel yet for this. Uh, I, I asked a lot of questions, so I, I expect to see some some comments down below. Uh, I need some more topics, so if you want to put those in the comments down below, that would be pretty cool. Um, you know, just trying to do this, trying to do this thing. Um, you know, I quit my job uh, yesterday, and it feels great um, because you know I'm I'm just kind of I'm tired of working. I don't want to work for anybody else but myself, and I want to try to find an avenue that you know using mountain biking or YouTube or podcast or you know trying to find a different avenue of uh, income to support myself rather than the traditional way because I, I, I'm tired of doing that. I don't want to do it anymore. And um, I really hope that this works out because if it don't, it's just, it's fine. You know what? It's fine. Even if it doesn't work out, it's fine. I'll figure it out. But if you would like to support somebody that's like, fuck it, let's do it a different way, um, you know, the best thing you can do is, is, is hit the subscription button, you know, hit the bell notification, give me a thumbs up, leave comments down below. And, uh, I think here shortly, um, I'm going to have a, uh, what do you call it? A Patreon. That way, if you guys really want to show your support in the form of dollar bills, y'all dollar, dollar bills, um, you can do that too. But, uh, for now, hit me up on this YouTube thing, man. Let me know what you guys think about this, uh, this podcast and, uh, I'll see you next time. Peace out. Go ride your bike.